are you a wife, a Christian wife, or even a separated wife, and you want freedom from yourself? That's kind of a weird question, but hear me out. Do you want to be free from your controlling nature, your anger, your knee-jerk reactions, or your lack of self-control? Are you sick of dealing with the instant regret after emotionally exploding on your spouse or maybe you're tired of feeling the slow guilt after verbally vomiting all over your husband? How come you can deal with other people's crap and read your Bible and go to church and yet you can't seem to control your tongue or your temper or have patience or be kind? Today we're going to deal with our ugly but you'll walk away with four things that you can expect when you walk and talk as a spirit-led woman or wife. So go grab your coffee and get ready, because here we go. This isn't a game of ding-dong ditch, and don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you, friend. Whether you have spit-up stains and cluttered counters, or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, Take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to the JAR podcast with your host, Lydia, certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh Lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. In my Facebook group, Christian Wife and Marriage Community, I put up a poll that said, which fruit of the Spirit do you struggle with the most? And I know it's hard to pick one. And if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you've probably heard of the fruit of the Spirit especially if you grew up going to Sunday school or listened to Salty Songbook or Maranatha Kids cassette tapes, which is totally dating me right now, but you are probably singing the tune in your head and can finish the sentence when I name them. Love, joy, peace, patience, and you know the rest. Well, then how come if you know the fruits of the Spirit and you've been maybe a Christian for a long time, and you go to church, and you read your Bible, and you're doing all the things, how come there's disagreements in your marriage? Why are there emotionally unstable outbursts and reactions? Why are you difficult to live with? Why is he difficult to live with? Are you argumentative or unkind to each other? In one word, it's flesh. It is our sinful flesh, and our flesh keeps us slave to our emotions, to our selfishness, and our own needs and desires and wants, and how we think things should be, our expectations. And yet in Galatians 5 verse 1, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery even slavery to ourselves and our flesh. Further in Galatians 5, in verses 13 through 26, which I encourage you to go read the whole chapter on your own, but verses 13 through 26 say this, 
You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is filled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. And I'm going to just pause right there and say, uh, hi, raising my hand over here. I have so-called devoured my husband. We have been at odds and hurt each other, damaged each other, ruined each other, and have not walked by the Spirit. So I know what that pain feels like. I know what it's like to self-sabotage. I know what it's like to sabotage our relationship and aid in the destruction by walking in my flesh. And so if you're sitting there today and that's where you are and you're not walking in a spirit-led way, there's no judgment. There is no criticism toward you. There is compassion and hope and encouragement here as you keep listening. Verse 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And I also have to pause right there, because in my Bible there's a footnote that says, Christian character is produced by the Holy Spirit, not by the mere moral discipline of trying to live by the law. I am totally guilty of being bent toward thinking that I have to perform perfectly to be morally disciplined, and that's what makes me walk in the Spirit, by doing all the right things and checking off all the boxes. And I've since learned that's not how it goes. Yes, Moral discipline is an outcome, walking in the spirit, and these fruit I'm going to talk about is a byproduct, is an outcome of walking closely and abiding with God, and it's not in our own efforts. So just wanted to pause there. Okay, let's keep going. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, idolatry, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, envy, drunkenness, and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And again, pausing here, raise your hand, or if you're driving, just say it out loud, that's me. If you are guilty of fits of rage, if you are guilty of selfish ambition, and you have been envious, or you have had impure thoughts, or you have been guilty of sexual immorality, those are acts of the flesh. Those are evidence of walking in the flesh and making decisions from your own flesh that are contrary to the spirit that lives within you. If you are a believer, Holy Spirit lives in you. And I'm going to read a couple things here. I'm going to actually mix some notes um, from the book Spirit-Controlled Temperament by Tim LaHaye and some scripture verses that will help make some of these points. And in this book by Tim LaHaye, he's mostly talking about these different personality types or temperaments, as he calls them. And, you know, I struggled for a long time thinking, well, I'm I'm just not a very gentle, meek person. I am a go-getter. I'm type A. I'm a strong woman. I'm a strong female. And 
I struggled for a long time with how do I balance that with what fruits of the spirit I'm supposed to have as a spirit-led woman. It seemed contradictory to me that I can be outspoken and type A, but then also be gentle and kind. (laughs) And in this book, Tim LaHaye says, strengths, or in the way God made you, carry corresponding weaknesses. So face them realistically, then let God do something to change them. And so sometimes it's that our strengths and weaknesses, it's like having two sides to the same coin. If we're operating in our strength, we are being spirit-led with our God-given gifts and abilities and personalities. But we also have the flip side of the coin. We also have that corresponding weakness where, hey, if God made me to be a teacher and outspoken, I also have the weakness and the tendency to speak my mind when I shouldn't. I also have the weakness of maybe not practicing self-control with my anger, my frustrations when other people aren't operating that way. And Matthew 26, 41 says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. When I'm operating in my flesh, when I am focused on what I want, my desires for a conversation to go a certain way with my husband or for his behavior to be a certain way because that's what I think is right or that's what I know is right, but I can't control him. When I operate in the weakness of not getting my needs met, my expectations met, then I operate in the fleshly reactions, in the emotional outbursts, in the angry responses toward him. And that is what the scripture I quoted earlier It means when it says, when you devour each other, when I open my mouth too quickly out of the flesh and my own desires, my own selfishness, I end up devouring the relationship. I end up ruining and causing damage to our marriage. But if I watch and I pray so that I don't fall into the temptation to open my mouth too soon, but I let Holy Spirit lead me and I let him work things in my heart and take out the things that shouldn't belong and rephrase things or think about things before I speak, then I'm using the strength that God gave me to speak truth into a situation, but it's led by Holy Spirit, which means the outcome is going to bear this good fruit. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from our controlling nature, our anger, our knee-jerk reactions, our lack of self-control. Because as we, as in John 15, 5, it says, abide in me, he who abides in me will bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And what is that fruit? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And y'all know I love me a good tea chart or a table of some sort as a former teacher. So I have this tea chart in my Bible that says acts of the flesh and harvest of the spirit. So we are either acting in our flesh or we are harvesting the fruits of the spirit. So if an act of the flesh is sexual immorality or impurity, the harvest of the spirit, the fruit in contrast is love and peace. The acts of the flesh might be idolatry. The harvest, in contrast, 
is patience, kindness, and goodness. An act of the flesh might be hatred or jealousy or fits of rage. And the harvest, the fruit of the Spirit, instead, is gentleness and self-control. Which one are you currently operating in? What act of the flesh can you recall, can you think about, that you are behaving or that you are doing? And what is the opposite fruit of the Spirit that God wants you to harvest? This is also what it means in Scripture when it says to live is Christ and to die is gain. This also means that when we die to our flesh, we gain that fruit. When we remove our idols, we die to ourselves, our desires, our wants, our expectations. We operate in a more Christ-like way and we're spirit-led as he was, as Jesus was, in his emotions and decisions and responses. He knew when to listen, when to speak, when to act, when to go pray, when to heal, when to move, when to stay, and he didn't let others' emotions determine his responses. When people yelled in his face, when his friends cried and, and blamed him for not coming soon enough to heal their brother, he walked in purpose and intention, and every single move he made, everything he said, was spirit-led. It was go to God in prayer first, and then deal with people. Go to God in prayer and first, then deal with people. He was dependent on Holy Spirit, and he modeled that for us. So we too can depend on Holy Spirit to lead us. When we are spirit-led, Not only are we dependent on Holy Spirit for every move and word, but we are convicted of any sin in the way, any idols that are preventing us from walking in the Spirit. Holy Spirit gives us understanding into situations and maybe helps us to perceive or have the proper perspective of a situation or what another person is saying or what they're dealing with so that we can respond in kind. He guides our prayers so that we ask for the right things and not selfishly. So these four things are things that we can expect when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with him, we're walking closely with the Lord and we're bearing good fruit and we are relying on Holy Spirit for every interaction. We, number one, will have the evidence of the fruit in our lives. People will be able to see, you will be able to see, I have joy in this difficult situation. How is that possible? How am I able to offer a response in love toward this person that's being nasty to me right now? How on earth am I having patience with my husband after he has treated me this way? How am I continuing to remain faithful to my spouse when Either he hasn't or he's treating me this way and I'm remaining faithful. How am I able to have self-control over my emotions and my words when, you know, in the past, I have let words fly and criticisms come out of my mouth and I don't anymore. How is that possible? One thing that you can expect when you walk with Holy Spirit is that you will bear fruit. When a tree is planted by water, it does grow. And if Jesus is the living water that we are relying on on a daily basis and we're soaking that in and we are using Holy Spirit to help us and guide us, then you will see that fruit. 
Number two is that you will have a joyful, thanksgiving heart and a submissive spirit. In Ephesians 5, 18 through about 21, it talks about not being filled with drunkenness or wine. And you know, when alcohol's in our system, it alters our mind, it alters our behavior, and we act and speak and look and reflect what we are filled with, what's running through our veins. What are we filled with when we're filled with the Spirit? What is driving our behaviors, emotions, our clarity of mind, and our understanding of situations and relationships? Is it Holy Spirit or is it our flesh? What are we filling ourselves up with? Are we filling ourselves up with the Word of God, with Holy Spirit and asking Him to help us on a regular basis? Because if we are, then our actions and behavior are going to reflect that. We're going to have a thanksgiving heart in tough times. We're going to have submissive spirit to the Lord and what He's wanting in our lives and not resist it or be obstinate. Number three, we'll have the power to witness. When Holy Spirit is working in us and through us, God is working through you whether you see the evidence or not. As you are bearing fruit, because you are abiding, your fruit bears witness for others to see, for your husband to see, and softens them to the Spirit as you love them, as you are kind and gentle toward them, and as you practice self-control with your emotions around them and you share God's joy or faithfulness with them, they will see it. And as you walk by faith, not by sight, you're, you trust that Holy Spirit is using you as a pathway to work in their hearts. And you might not see a result right away, but you can trust the process because you know what he's doing in your heart and you know that he can do it in theirs as well. Number four, you will bring glory to God. And that is the ultimate purpose um, and design of us being here. John 16, 13 through 14 says, But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. So even here, those are Jesus's words, even there. Holy Spirit wasn't just doing things to bring glory to just Holy Spirit. He was revealing things about Christ. He was moving people's hearts to understand and know Jesus. So as Holy Spirit moves in you, you will bring glory to Christ, to Jesus, and point others to him. As you walk in the Spirit, he will reveal things and open your mind to a closer relationship with Jesus. He will draw you in, bring you in. Your walk with Jesus will be stronger. Your relationship with him will be more intimate. I want to leave you with a little self-evaluation. I want you to take a couple minutes a day, however long it takes you to really evaluate where you are. Are you bearing fruit of the spirit that is evident to others, especially in your home, especially in your marriage? Or are you operating right now often in your flesh? Are you letting words spill out of your mouth without thinking first? Are you causing damage in your communication with your husband because you're not choosing kindness and patience with him? No matter how frustrating he might be, (laughs) no matter 
how tempting it might be to say something to him? Are you pausing and letting Holy Spirit work in you first? Now, we've sort of set this foundation of operating in the flesh versus the spirit and this understanding and awareness. And next week, we're going to talk about some more practical steps and how to actually apply this so that you can operate as a spirit-led wife. And I hope you come back next week. Loads of love, Lydia. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.